Welcome back to another episode of Witch Bitch Show Podcast. If you are new here, welcome. I'm your host, Kristen. You can call me witch or you can call me bitch. It really doesn't matter. Just put some respect on that shit. Now, I do have a slight disclaimer, and this will help you decide whether you stay or whether you go. If you are easily offended or faint of heart, bitch, I'm not meant for you. I'm not your reader, your guide, your interpreter, your numerologist, your astrologer, your mentor, your medium, baby. I cannot help you with where you are at on your journey today. That doesn't mean it cannot change and it will not change. I'm okay with that. You have to be. I hope you guys had a great week last week. Uh, My week was a little bit crazy toward the end, but it was pretty good. Um... I'm also pretty prepared um, and kind of excited. And I don't use the word excited often, especially like when I'm talking about things that I typically do on a day to day. My uh, people have been telling me how excited they are about every episode every week because they know that my episode comes out. Now, mind you, some of y'all have been listening. Y'all have been A1 day one, right? Like we're on episode almost like 150 and some of y'all are A1 day ones, right? But it's like the people closest to me, like before they were like, ah, oh, it's just really not me for me. And now they're like, girl, I don't know what the hell you did, but your podcast is thumping and I can't wait to hear it at the beginning of every week. And you know who you are. Um... This week, I'm not going to, we're not going to get all crazy into this intro. We have a jam-packed episode. So obviously we're going to go over the motherfucking transits and aspects that are taking place this week. Um, We're not going to go as in-depth with them as I typically do, just because we got a lot of other things to cover that'll make your mouth water. Um, The crystal of the week is going to be black tourmaline. We're hitting boundaries 2.0 because last week we were touching in on boundaries and, you know, how to set boundaries. Well, this week we're going to follow up, right? Because, like, we can all sit here every fucking day and be like, set the boundary, set the boundary. But if you don't know what that looks like or what that needs to be like, and then what is the point? (laughs) Okay. Um, and then we're gonna dig into the three magi in the deck. They kept coming up last week, and I just wanted to shed some sh- blah, 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 shed some light from my perspective to better assist y'all. I feel once we start understanding the deck, not by the meanings and the interpretations, but the the place that they are in the story, what place they play in the story, where they are in the fool's journey. It, it helps you better grasp and understand. Cause I know I told y'all for our tarot segment, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into tarot. I've just been giving you all these cards and being like this, what it means, but that's allowing me to be part of the problem. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I get anyway, 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 Get comfortable, hold your tits, your ovaries, your ball sacks, your them lays, 
If you're driving, keep your fucking eyes open. Do not relax. (laughs) Drive your fucking five wheels and just listen. Okay? So this week we have a lot of planets that are moving around, that are switching, switch up a position for you, that are switching up in the sky. Um, Now don't forget y'all, these are my top transits and aspects. I try to keep them under 10. Mind you, some days in a singular day, there are more than 10. So for seven days seven days okay i try to choose the top 10 so pipe down (laughs) okay every time i don't know why i'll get like a dm from instagram like oh you missed like six transits for tuesday and i'm like no i missed like 30 transits for tuesday because i'm not about to write all 50 of them down and tell y'all about them These are my top transits for the week. Again, every week I try to keep them under 10. And I'm about to stop saying it. I'm just about to let y'all use your thumbergy and send these damn messages. Okay. (laughs) Go and you look at the transits and you compare it to your chart and you tell me how it works for you. Let's do that. Or ask advices or ask me to further explain. We can go from there. Okay. But... I know, I know. I literally, 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 literally know. Okay? (laughs) So to start the week strong, starting the week strong, we have Mars entering into Virgo. So when Mars enters Virgo, it's going to bring a shift of energy toward practicality and efficiency, but also it's going to draw us to have a little bit of attention to detail. And um, this trance is going to encourage us to focus on the finer points of your actions, work, and even your daily routine. And it could be you could see some increased productivity because you're actually doing some motherfucking work and not sitting around like a anyway as you feel more motivated to tackle tasks with precision and organization i love reading the notes that i write because i'm like girl who the fuck did you think you were writing these notes (laughs) you may have a strong drive (laughs) to improve your skills take care of practical matters and implement effective strategies to achieve your goals um this is this transit favors hard work this transit favors the attention to detail and um it it helps you better align when it comes to approaching the things that you want to do in a more There's a little bit of salt, pepper, garlic powder on it, okay? We then have Mercury in Cancer, which is going to oppose Pluto in Capricorn, is opposing Pluto in Capricorn. Okay. Um, yes, Pluto is in Capricorn. And I know I used a transit last week where Pluto was in Capricorn. If you guys go and you listen to the Pluto entering Aquarius podcast episode and you can search it up, I talk about why we'll see Pluto in Capricorn, I think for maybe about seven more months before it becomes 
stationed in Aquarius for the next 31 years. I'm saying that loosely because I can't remember the, how many years um, exactly Pluto will be in Aquarius. Okay. So yes, Pluto is in Capricorn right now. Okay. Um, the opposition between Mercury and Cancer and Pluto and Capricorn brings in intense and um intense and in-depth communication and uh when it comes to your thought processes okay so this transit could trigger a profound profound conversations uncovering hidden truths and challenging power dynamics when it comes to the relationships that you have it can be an intense mental it can be an intense time for mental activity and transformative insights okay However, it is important to be aware of the power struggles, manipulations, and the control in your interactions. Um, so this transit calls again for honesty, uh, the willingness um, to engage in constructive dialogue to resolve conflicts or promote better understanding. Okay, so then our little jibber jabbery Mercury after... Um, after we have that transit, it's going to enter into Leo. So when Mercury enters into Leo, communication becomes more expressive and dramatic and confident. Okay. This transit encourages you to speak and share your thoughts, excuse me, with passion and enthusiasm and creativity. Okay. You could find yourself naturally drawn to naturally drawing attention to the words that you're saying if that makes sense it's a time it's a great time for public speaking it's a great time if you want to or you have a platform where you need to get information out that is outside of the normal information that you're giving now is a great time to do that with this transit um also, your communication style could become a little more bold or even more assertive. And um, you're going to feel very self-assured with this transit, okay? We then have the sun in Cancer squaring Chiron and Aries. This baby right here. So the square aspect between the sun and Cancer and Chiron and Aries highlights the themes of emotional healing and self-discovery. But it's also going to, again, we know Chiron is always going to bring up old wounds, insecurities, or feelings of vulnerability. Um, so it's going to present an opportunity for growth and finding your inner strength where you also may be confronted with aspects of your life that need healing by addressing the wounds that you by addressing their wounds and you can gain a deeper understanding of yourself and your emotional patterns okay so practicing self-compassion and seeking support from others um when it comes to healing practices to help facilitate your own personal growth is going to be optimal during this transit. We then have the moon in Taurus that, and this is throughout the week. I did not write down what day of the week it is. My bad, my bad. Okay. Let me look right now. Let me look right now and we'll go back. I, I just thought about that. I'm like, now, wait a minute. Y'all ain't about to holler at me. ASMR. 
ASMR. Okay, who is this? Okay, so this is on Wednesday. So all of that's taking place on Monday and Tuesday, what we just talked about. So on Wednesday, um, wait a minute. Yeah, because we just talked about the sun squaring. Okay, so then on Wednesday, we have the moon and Taurus squaring off with Venus and Leo. And this is going to take place um, until at least Thursday, because on Thursday, the moon enters into Gemini. So with this square aspect, there's going to be conflict between emotional comfort and the desires for attention and pleasure. You're going to be triggered. You're going to feel like you need to, you're going to feel like you need to live this luxury lifestyle. You're going to feel like you need to have, um, this admiration and this recognition, um, for these, for all of these things that are velvety and silky. I don't know. I can't explain it. But you're going to need to balance your emotions, okay? Get your head out of your ass. Um, uh, balance your emotional needs with the need for validation and self-expression, okay? Is going to be essential. It's important that you find a harmonious middle ground between the indulgence and emotional stability, okay? And that's going to help you prioritize that self-worth and the authentic connections in your relationships, okay? So then on ba, 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 da, on Saturday, on Saturday, excuse me, Friday, we have um, Mercury and Leo can with Saturn and Pisces. Um, this is going to create a sense of discomfort and um, adjustments in communication and your mental thought your thought process it's going to be affected um it could come out as a challenge when it comes to expressing yourself and expressing yourself clearly and being able to express yourself clearly or it could come out as you know not a challenge because you're allowing yourself to be adaptable and flexible and you're thinking and you're using various communication styles with the person that you're communicating with because not everybody's going to receive their information the same we fucking know that right yeah so it's important that with this transit that um, we are patient especially when it comes to misunderstandings again mercury is on the fucking move this week so we could see a lot of miscommunications or just a whole bunch of fuck ass shit that does not need to take place because we're in our feels and mercury's on the move okay so it's again it's important to be patient especially this week especially when we're talking about all of these mercury transits Okay. Um, finding creative solutions and considering alternative perspectives can help perspectives, excuse me, can help you navigate this transit successfully. Okay. Um, so then we have the sun in cancer. This is going to take place again on Friday. The sun in cancer is excelling with Uranus and Taurus. Um, so this is going to bring opportunity for positive change, innovation and personal self growth. And it also is going to stimulate your creativity and desire of freedom or for freedom even you may feel inspired to break free from routine what the fuck i be writing some crazy shit sometimes in my notes 
<laughs> you may feel inspired to break free from routines, embrace your uniqueness, and explore new paths. I'm always like, I look back to like me taking these notes and writing these notes down, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Um, so this is a great time, um, to initiate positive change in your life, um, particularly in areas related to your home or your family or emotions, or even your personal values and trusting your intuition and being open to unexpected opportunities can enhance this transit. Not just that, if you are changing your routines and disciplines and you're allowing yourself to set better boundaries for self this is a great transit to help you assist with that okay and then on saturday we have venus in leo concux with neptune in pisces so y'all this little joker right here um i can't make you feel like sancocho okay so it's going to bring a sense of confusion or idolization or unrealistic expectations in the matter of love relationships or even creative expression um it this transit blurs boundaries okay making it challenging to see it clearly or make sound judgment it's important to be cautious making any major decisions on saturday okay don't don't go and seek validation through external sources okay you're you're going to need to use your discernment and you're going to want to maintain a balanced perspective in the matters when it comes to to your heart and your creative pursuits so on Saturday, you know, just, you know, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like this transit, I, I really, I pulled out this transit because it's like, um, again, when we're talking about Venus in Leo, Venus in Leo is so fiery. And this is why I told y'all a few weeks ago, like this is a great transit and it can be amazing for all of the relationships in your life. Or it could be absolutely terrible because of some of the transits that are going to take place with it and you not being able to use your discernment so i'm saying don't make any major decisions on this saturday with this transit when it comes to love however if you need to then do it bitch i'm just some random bitch you're listening to from your car speaker okay like if you're able to use your discernment if you are able to make these decisions then fucking do it like just be aware okay so all in all this week um this week could be a doozy and uh we'll get through it together it'll be fine as long as um as long as you put work on the back burner 
focus on enjoying your evening and some weekends, hanging out with friends and loved ones. Um, schedule a TGIF. You know, it, this Friday is going to be great for socializing. Um, and then just being able to blow off steam will really help you. But remember, this week we really, really, really need to be able to use our discernment. Okay. So in honor of our topic of the month this month, which is setting boundaries, which we will get into in our next segment, Boundaries 2.0 is what I've titled it. Um, the crystal of the week is going to be black tourmaline. Um, black tourmaline is known for its grounding and protective properties, making it an excellent choice when it comes to establishing energetic boundaries and shielding yourself from negative influences okay let's open this up um black tourmaline is great for the root chakra um its properties are great for uh well its properties are creativity protection clearing grounding purification cleansing mastering fear transmutation of negative energies emotional understanding strength and retrograde it is of the planet earth the zodiac sign capricorn the element earth the colors black on the harness scale it's about a seven to an eight and a lot of people don't believe like it's always up for topic of discussion when we're talking about it being on the hard hardness scale of a seven to an eight because it's so flaky and it's so delicate but you gotta little but you also gotta think of the chemical makeup. Yes, even though it does have like those um like shards, I don't know how you would call it, like you know how it like flakes off almost like um gypsum. Um just because that's how it's formed doesn't mean that how it's not hard. It's hard. <laughs> Black tourmaline is also known as scraw. It's a silicate mineral containing boron and, and a member of the tourmaline family. It was first named in 1400 AD by a small village in Germany after their village's name Scrawl. Mm. Tourmalines of all kind can be found on every continent. However, crystals form... However, crystal forms of this stone are very rare and extremely expensive. Tourmalines have been used and traded since ancient times, yet have become very popular, yet became very popular um, as a fashion stone about 150 years ago. In 1876, um, George Coons sold green tourmalines sold a green tourmaline originating in Maine um, to what is now known as Tiffany & Co. Wow, they said that Joker, he sold it back in 1876 for two million doll hairs. What the fuck? I always think about that. I'm like, shit. Like, I was just watching The Age of Adeline or whatever, and this hoe invested in Xerox in, like, 1920-something. So, it was, like, 2014 or some shit like that. And I was like, her fucking money is long as hell. 
right? Like you can't go anywhere. Anyway, welcome back from the commercial break. Um, black tourmaline is one of the most popular stones used in any spiritual practice. And it is most commonly used. It's most commonly used for protection. And um, it's recommended for anybody that is exposed to uncomfortable environments. Um, the stone acts as a negative deterrent by cleansing and protecting your auric field. And the purification that black tourmaline provides is perfect for anyone who is struggling with anxiety, fear, or unwanted thoughts. So, you know, if you have some to, it's great. Um, it's a transmuter stone. So it's going to transmute any of that unwanted energy. It's also an EMF blocker. Um, black tourmaline, like I have black tourmaline on my desk. Cause I use so many, like I'm literally sitting in front of an iPhone, a tablet and a laptop. Right. So, um, black tourmaline blocks electromagnetic waves, um, that are caused literally in my notes by cell phones, laptops, television, and other electronics. It's recommended that you have it in your office area. But, um, also when we're talking about transmuting energy, like a great place to put tourmaline is at your doorways and not for anything, you know, I've even seen it personally in my home. Like people will not, if their energy ain't right, they won't be able to cross that threshold of the black tourmaline or the selenite, or actually it's gypsum. A lot of people think that it's selenite, but it's actually gypsum. Um, gypsum is a form of selenite though. Anyway. Um, but having those at your doorways are great. Um, I know that like I have one at my, in my, my office door. We have one at our front door. We have one at our back door. We have one at our garage door. Um, cause like, bitch, not only do you have to walk by my ancestors when you enter our house, but if you're not even able to walk past the tourmaline, like my ancestors don't even got to do the work. You feel me? So when we're, and again, this is why it's great. This is why I chose it. This is why I think it's great when we're talking about boundaries and, um, revisiting boundaries 2.0 because black tourmaline helps create that stability and that security that is allowing you to feel more grounded and centered in your own energy and it acts as a protective shield helping ward off those negative and unwanted energies psychic attacks or even influences right so not not only that like when we're talking about cleansing like when you are setting your own boundaries and you have to cleanse, um, even, or have that negative energy of self-sabotage, like that hoe is going to take it right up off of you. <laughs> I'm stri- I'm streaming live right now. And somebody, <laughs> you guys know, I stream live for the uncut episodes. Somebody in the <laughs> comments said, Amber says immediately buys black star and it made me chuckle. Um, black tourmaline, I will say is one of those crystals that I charge and cleanse frequently because it is a transmuter. So you have to have to have to recharge and cleanse your black tourmaline regularly because it absorbs all of that negative energy. And you could do this by placing it and now look y'all do what you feel is best, best. I just fucking work here. I'm just a messenger. Just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Okay. Um, you can run it under some rainwater. <laughs> 
you can bury it in the earth or you can use a smoke cleanse or you can do a crystal cleanse again recharging and cleansing it however it resonates with you okay utilizing black tourmaline can help you establish and reinforce those boundaries that we're about to get back into creating that sense of inner strength and protection as you navigate through setting boundaries so will you be using your black tourmaline this week Okay, so last week we talked, we started digging into setting boundaries and why they were, why it's important to set boundaries and establishing boundaries and how they can help um, when it comes to the framework of not just your relationships, but self-respect and, and healthier relationships, right? So if you guys did not listen to week 27, I need you to go back, listen to week 27. That's like rare and in between bitch. Like I never tell you go back and listen to the episode or you can't continue. However, this week you need to go back and listen to the episode. Um, if you don't want to, you don't want to bitch, do what you want. I'm gonna fuck, but I think it would be better for your listening and spiritual and your life fucking path journey to go back and listen to it. Okay. But if not, then just keep listening. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Um, so this week we're diving into 2.0. That's what I'm calling it. Maybe next week we'll call it like 3.0 or whatever. (laughs) I don't know of setting boundaries. So um, this week we're going to focus in on reinforcing and maintaining those boundaries. Um, We'll also explore additional aspects related to boundary setting, offering insight and guidance to help continue with your own growth and your own empowerment. I feel like it's so important. Like, again, I was saying this. I don't know if I was saying at the beginning of the podcast or when I was live or whatever, but well, we sit here and we're like, set the boundary, set the boundary, set the boundary. And it's like, okay, but then what? And I think that's where we fall off. And then we lose this self-confidence when it comes to setting these boundaries, because we don't know what to do next. We don't know how to reinforce. We don't know how to implement. We don't know how to maintain those boundaries. It's okay, baby. I got you. That's why I'm here. Okay. So I I don't know why I fucking wrote this down like this. I just crack my like when I go back and look at my notes, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what was I? Why did I write this like this? But I broke it down into topics. <laughs> I broke it down into topics, and I have six topics. Okay, so the first topic is boundary maintenance. The second topic is boundary setting in different areas of your life. Um, the third topic is going to be emotional boundaries. The fourth topic is boundaries with self-worth. I think this one is my favorite and the most important, but we'll get into that. Um, my fifth one is boundaries and communication. I, I feel like I should have reordered these because this is, I think topic five is one. We'll get to there anyway. And then we have topic six is boundaries and empowerment. Okay. My mouth is watering because 
know. This is really good. This is why I told you we couldn't talk too much earlier because I still want to keep it under an hour. Y'all know. Y'all know. Um, anyway, topic one, boundaries and maintenance. So once you set the boundary, it is crucial to maintain them for a, a long-term effectiveness. Consistency is key. Okay. This is where a lot of us fall off. We'll set it, but we're not consistent. Okay. So reinforcing and upholding your boundaries help to ensure your needs are respected and your well-being is protected. I was rapping there. I was going to change it, but I was like, no, Kristen, you're spitting bars in these notes. (laughs) I'm going to read it again. (laughs) Reinforcing and upholding your boundaries helps to ensure that you are respected and your well-being is protected. (laughs) So what does that look like? What are some tips for maintaining your boundaries, right? We're talking about boundaries maintenance, um, such as assertive communications and, you know, the, the aspects that go into it, right? number example one example one regularly assess and reassess your boundaries to ensure that you are remaining aligned with your own needs and values it is essential to periodically reflect on your boundaries and determine if any adjustments are necessary For instance, I'm laughing because every, like, I write this like a script, but I don't even follow it. And I'm like, I really thought I was about to read it exactly like that. (laughs) For instance, if you initially set a boundary of not working on weekends, but you find yourself constantly working due to increased job demands. It may be necessary for you to reassess and reinforce that boundary to make sure that you are maintaining a work-life balance. Okay. Example two, communicate any changes or adjustments to your boundaries clearly and assertively. Circumstances change, especially um, when we are going through these moments of self-transformation. That was the theme last month. When we are self-discover, when we are discovering self, excuse me, right? When personal growth occurs, we are, you are allowed to adjust your boundary, but it's the communication that needs to take place, Okay. It's important to communicate any modifications to your boundaries effectively. For example, (laughs) if a friend constantly crosses a particular boundary, such as showing up unannounced, okay, And you've had this conversation expressing your need for advance notice before the visits. 
asserting the importance of your personal space in time needs to be reassessed. Okay? Look, bitch, I told you I need advance notice. Okay? Motherfucker, let me know. Before it was okay, now it's not. Okay? We'll get we'll get into what happens when people don't follow or, you know, they cross the boundary. Because, again, in some instances, if somebody else is able to cross your boundary, that means that you crossed it first. We'll get into that. Example three. Practice self-care practices. What the fuck did I write? Practice self-care practices to support your well-being and reinforce your boundaries. Self-care plays a vital role in boundary maintenance. Engaging in activities that nurture your emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, financial well-being strengthens your boundaries. This could include setting aside dedicated time for self-care activities such as meditating, reading a book, exercising, engaging in hobbies that bring you joy. And by prioritizing self-care, you are reinforcing the importance of your boundaries to enhance your overall being, right? If you keep telling somebody, I can't go on fucking Sundays, bitch, because I got to read my book and meditate. And every Sunday they keep asking you to Bitch, oh, y'all heard my stomach? Every Sunday they keep telling your ass, come with us. You never come with us. Well, bitch, stop inviting me on Sundays because you know it's my day where I read and meditate. Next, topic two. Boundary setting in different areas of your life. We touched on this with the first example, right? You'll see there's a theme. I tried to keep them all in the same category so we can get examples in each topic for each category, okay? Setting boundaries in diff- in different areas of your life. Boundaries are not just limited to one area of your life. And I really want you to realize that. From personal relationships, family or familial relationships, to even the work environment, even social stead- social settings, even online interactions... Each area has its own unique challenges to consider it. Little, little, little challenges and considerate considerations when it comes to setting boundaries. Okay, we'll go into the nuances of setting boundaries in different areas of the life in this piece. Example one: setting boundaries with with friends and family members. When setting boundaries with loved ones, effective communication is key. I cannot emphasize this enough. Effective communication is key. Communicate your needs and expectations regarding your personal space, privacy, and quality time. For instance... You can express the importance of having alone time and request that your family respects your privacy and your personal space. 
clearly articulating your boundaries allows healthier and more fulfilling relationships. I'm just looking at y'all. Look at me. Look at you. Example number two. Setting professional boundaries in the workplace. Establishing boundaries in a professional setting is fucking crucial. When we're talking about maintaining a work-life balance. And not just that. Like, it's also going to help you prevent burnout. Like, come on now. We, we're already busting ass everywhere busting ass everywhere right if you you need to define your workload prioritize the task based on your capabilities and available resources and then communicate clearly when it comes to the expectations and deadlines and not for anything cross-reference that hoe with your job description right i remember when i was um a retail queen And, um, I used to do the hiring and one of the questions that we would always ask was, are you willing to go above and beyond to get the job done? And every bitch is going to be like, yes, 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 yes. I'm going to go above and beyond to get the job done because I'm so excited to work here. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, bet. And then it would come time for like reviews and shit. And like looking, like I was just doing my job then. And like, even like looking back, I'm like that, like, it is crazy. Re- retail is crazy. But looking back, like, we would literally be like, why didn't you go above and beyond like you said? No. No. My, my, I've done a complete 180 on that, bitch. I'm gonna do exactly what you say when you say how you say it. That's in my job description. That meets the expectations of my job description that I am provided that the resources to meet my job description are available. These are those kinds of boundaries that you need to set. By setting professional boundaries, you can create an environment that supports your pro- your productivity at work and your well-being, right? Okay? Example three, establishing boundaries in social settings. I think this is one of the hardest. I think this is one of the hardest and I wanted to put it last. Um, because it's like, um, it's like, a, it's like a bag of dicks and you got to just dig in and hope that you find the right dick that you're looking for. You know, uh, it's still capable and it's still able to be done. So, mm-hmm. um, social situations often in- involve navigating various dynamics and interactions and communicating your comfort levels, especially when it comes to physical touch, personal space, and the engagement that you want to have in social settings, for instance. If you prefer not to engage in certain activities or events in certain places, you can politely decline the invitation that does not align with your comfort level. Setting those boundaries in social settings allows you to prioritize your need to engage in experiences that align with your values. Here's another thing with that, though. 
And I think all of us, all of us can work on this as an entire, send this, send this to your mama, your kids, your wife, your daddy, your uncle, your brother, your, uh, spicy connection, whoever send this to them, especially when we're talking about situations in social settings. Yes, peer pressure is real, but it's not cute to peer pressure, especially if somebody is setting that boundary with you. If somebody says, no, I'm good. Thank you. I don't want another beverage. I don't want to puff any more magic dragon. I don't, I don't want to do that. Okay. I think as a whole society, we can be like, all right, bet everybody does everybody need that no some of y'all are probably like but i do that anyway when people say no i listen then i'm not fucking talking to you <laughs> like, then i'm not talking to you respectfully there's a little bit of disrespect on it though in social settings yes you may want to do certain things or other people around you might want to do certain things um if you are being peer pressured stick to your boundary and if your boundary is being crossed, then remove yourself. It's remove yourself. If you are pushing somebody's boundary in a social setting, shame on fucking you. And do better. Okay. Topic number three. <laughs> Emotional boundary. And okay, to be clear, we're gonna back it up, back it up, back it up, back. To be clear, like all of us have been there. I used to be the bitch that's like, come on, let's take another shot. <laughs> take another shot. Do it. Like, I, I used to be that person. But now I'm just like, like, no. No. Because you want, you get what you give. We all get what we deserve. Because if I say no, I want somebody to listen to my no. No. And I don't feel like explaining. Right? Like, no. The answer is no. Um... And I want, if I say that, I need it to be respected. However, if I'm not respecting when somebody says it to me, who's the fucking problem? I had to change because now I'm like, all right, bitch, shit, you ready to go home? Because I could take a nap. <laughs> Topic three, emotional boundaries. We're getting there, y'all. This is why I told you that we couldn't get too much into the astrology because this one's thick. We're lathering it on right like we're here to heal the soul we're here to heal the soul and if you're not for it then find another fucking podcast bitch anyway emotional boundaries um this can be a challenge because it goes to recognizing and honoring your own emotions while respecting the emotions of others and if you're not able, when we're talking about self-transformation, we talked about that last month. If you're not able to even recognize and honor your own emotions, how do you expect to successfully set an emotional boundary? Okay. Emotional support is crucial in relationship. Oh, oh, let me go back, go back. Example one, setting boundaries around emotional support. Emotional support is crucial in 
any relationship, and it's important to establish those boundaries to help prevent emotional burnout. We've all been in situations where we feel like we are giving more emotionally than the other person is giving. All of us have been there. And if you say you haven't, you're fucking lying. Okay. Um, you need to be able to communicate your availability and capacity to provide emotional support. It's that simple. For example, my bad, for example, (laughs) if you're feeling emotionally drained, it is important that you express that you may not be available to provide that support to someone else. Right? You can't drain your battery, your emotional battery, for someone else. This allows you to to preserve your battery and well-being while maintaining a healthy boundary. It's okay to be like, bitch, I can't listen to you talk right now. I understand that this is important. You know what I tell people when I can't deal emotionally and I'm trying, like, and they're asking me for my emotional support. This is what I say. Y'all can write it down if you'd like. Again, to protect my well-being, my boundary. Right now, I cannot exchange or support you emotionally. I know that may be hard to hear. However, when I have the capacity to support you emotionally, I will reach out to you. I know this may be time sensitive for you, but I, I do not have it in me to support you emotionally right now. Okay. Along those lines, you know, give or take, give or take, give or take, um, give or take, give or take, give or take. Okay. Um, or just be like, I can't talk to you right now, bitch. I'm go- like, no, I can't. I cannot do it. Um, don't let- allow somebody to come and uh, trauma dump on you. Trauma take a shit on you. Like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Okay. Um, my friends, my friends know. Right. Especially if they're approaching me. Because I, I can be sensitive to energy with a problem or an issue or they just want to vent. They're like, can I vent? It's a boundary that I've set. Can I vent? Hey, I need your emotional support. Can you support? At first, was there some tip? Was there some ruffling of the feathers? For sure. But they understood how important my boundaries were. And they respected them. Right? And now they consensually trauma dump. Right? They consensually vent. They consensually get this emotional support. You feel me? Okay. Example number two. Um, Managing. I think I just. Oh, shit. I think I just mixed one and two. I went on too far. Let's see. Um, Managing emotional expectations in a relationship. Each relationship has its own dynamic and emotional demands. This, this, this. When I was writing this, you know, like when you do some work for yourself and you literally stand up and you give yourself a standing ovation, this one, I give myself a standing ovation for. Listen, hear me out. And I'm going to read this word for word from the fingertips to my laptop, to my eyes, to y'all. 
We're going to start over. Example two, managing emotional expectations in a relationship. Each relationship has its own dynamics and emotional demands. Communicate your emotional needs and expectations with your partner, friends, or family members. For instance, you can express the need for open and honest communication while setting limits on excessive emotional demands. By setting these boundaries, you create space for balance and mutual supportive relationships. Ha! My God, that was poetic. I'm going to write a motherfucking book, y'all. That was poetic. I wrote that and I was like, now wait a minute, Kristen. Um... You have to, in a relationship, you have to, in a relationship, communicate these expectations that you have of whoever the fuck it is. So we can have a supportive and mutually balanced relationship. And that is not going to take place if you are not managing your emotional expectations with this person. Example three, creating space for emotional self-care. Remember, this is under emotional boundary section. Emotional self-care is essential for maintaining an emotional being, right? You have to have these emotional check-ins. You have to have these moments of self-reflecting, especially when it comes to establishing your boundaries around activities that nourish your emotional well-being, okay? What does that look like? Journaling, therapy, engaging in hobbies that bring you joy, but communicating your emotional needs to other, right? Expressing when you require support or understanding, Okay, you have to also set these boundaries for self so you can create that foundation for self. Okay, topic four boundaries and self worth they go hand in hand, they go hand in hand, right? They're intertwined like the threads of your shirt. Setting and maintaining boundaries is an act of self-respect and self-care, which begets self-worth. Yeah. I was rapping toward the end of these topics when I, I was rapping. Example one. Example one. Setting boundaries around self-care and prioritizing your need. There's a common theme in all of these, and it's communication, but I'm going to continue. Communicate your personal self-care routine and the importance of dedicating this time in your well-being. Setting boundaries around activities 
or commitments that interfere with your self-care practices. For instance, you can establish boundaries around working hours to ensure that you have dedicated time for your self-care activities such as exercise, relaxation, and pursuing hobbies. By prioritizing this self-care, you send a message to yourself and others that your well-being matters. Here's the thing. I know my friends' routines. I know that I can't call one of my friends from 3 o'clock to 4, 4, to four fifteen. excuse me, because his ass is in the gym. And I respect that boundary. I know one of my friends, her dinner and cocktail hour after work is so, it's important to her. It's part of her self-care routine to have that moment to unwind with her significant other, right? I don't, I don't reach out during that time, right? People know for me, like, right? Like I, I do the three, two, one method when it comes to my sleep routine, my waking up routine, right? People know that after eight o'clock, like I'm not available. And if I am, I'll reach out to them, right? Okay. I'll just keep moving. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Example two, um, I, I threw this in here. I don't necessarily know if it fits in this category. Um, send me an email as y'all love to do <laughs> where you think it should be placed, but I put it under this one. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Um, setting boundaries around values and beliefs, right? Cause this is under boundaries and self-worth. But I also feel like this could go under, um, I feel like this could go under boundary, excuse me, confirmation, but boundary maintenance, see? Anyway, our values and beliefs shape who we are, right? So setting boundaries around them is essential for maintaining our personal integrity, Okay. If you are clearly expressing your values and your beliefs to others, setting boundaries around those conversations or actions that conflict with them shouldn't, they shouldn't even be, uh, they shouldn't even have to come to the forefront. For instance, (laughs) this damn for instance is killing me. I don't know why I wrote that shit like that. (laughs) If someone constantly engages in conversations that challenge your core value you can respectfully decline to participate or redirect the conversation to a more positive or neutral topics okay now if you keep having to tell your friend that you don't like talking about cats and sweaters and they keep fucking talking about cats and sweaters And cats and sweaters don't align with your personal beliefs and values. Then why the fuck aren't you saying something? First of all, I, I think that is. Um, I think that's very important. I think that is very important. And um, it, it's about respecting their values and beliefs. Right. 
and them respecting your values and beliefs. And yes, it's okay for us to disagree, but if you don't respect that boundary that I have when it comes to my values and my belief, and I don't want to fucking talk about a cat in a fucking sweater, then we got to part ways, right? Okay. Example three, establishing boundaries in relationships to ensure worth is recognized. This is important. This is very important. <sighs> Take what resonates. I this was I this one's a little spicy, y'all. Take what resonates. And I'm sorry if I'm hollering in the mic. Take what resonates. Okay. Healthy relationships are built on respect and appreciation. Communicate your expectation regarding respect, trust, and appreciation in a relationship. Set the limits on the behavior that devalues your worth, such as manipulation, disrespect or a blatant disregardation that's not a word or blatantly disregarding your boundaries express your needs for validation and recognition of your achievements or contributions by establishing these boundaries you foster a relationship that honor your worth and create a supportive environment for personal growth. If you are in a relationship and we have set certain boundaries to ensure that we have a healthy relationship, to ensure that we are building a foundation, whether it's our second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, it doesn't matter. Y'all, this is, we're talking about it now. So from now moving forward, right? Because I'm going to get in y'all's ass if you're like, well, I listened to your one podcast about setting boundaries and I'm still not doing it. That's another issue. That, that's for another episode. Now you have this information. If somebody is in a relationship, is disregarding, disrespecting, It's not just your boundary. It's the boundary of the relationship. So then are they really respecting, trusting, appreciating the relationship that you are building together just because their self-worth is not the same as yours? I'm going to move forward. I felt I felt everybody cringe their face. So I'm just going to keep moving. Okay. Topic number five. (laughs) I'm sorry. Topic. I'm not sorry. Topic number five. Boundaries and communication. (laughs) Boundaries and communication. Effective communication is essential for successful boundary setting. Okay. Communication plays a vital 
whole role when establishing and maintaining boundaries. Example one, active listening as a boundary setting technique, okay? What do I mean by that? I'll tell you. Active listening involves fully engaging with and understanding what others are expressing, right? So when we practice attentive and empathetic listening to demonstrate that we have respect for others' boundaries, it helps us reflect back what you've heard. It helps us to reflect back what we are hearing to ensure that we are understanding and avoiding misinterpretation when it comes to their boundaries, okay? Avoid interrupting or interjecting while show, while someone, excuse me, is sharing their thoughts or feelings. Okay? By practicing active listening, you create an environment that supports open and respectful communication, fostering healthy boundaries. Oof. That was a gem too. I, I don't know. I must be like in another world when I'm like writing <laughs> my points. One day I'm going to follow uh, my notes because I write it like a script. And I don't know why I do this because I never follow this script. But every week for the last 28 weeks, I write it as a fucking script. I think maybe next week, maybe we'll tr- we'll read it how I write it and we'll see how <laughs> We'll see how it goes. Example two, using I statements to express your boundaries. So some of these, so cat's out of the bag. And I asked one of my mentees, if you guys didn't know, I have a mentorship program. Am I taking any more mentees? I don't know. I said no, but I might because like I want more mentees anyway. But I asked her, I asked her um, if I could use um, some of the prompt that I made for her personally. Um for the uh segment of the podcast okay um and she said yes so these next few are um are directly from a prompt or information from uh one of my mentee packets that i sent her for the month of uh july so you guys are getting a little extra tea extra sparse Okay, so using the I statements um, are very powerful communication tools when we're talking about expressing our needs and our boundaries without sounding accusatory or even confrontational. Okay, so when we frame our boundary setting around I statements, um, you're able to express your needs. You're able to express, and not just your needs, also your emotions. If we're being honest, right? Um, for example, for example, um, you would say, I feel overwhelmed when blank. I feel you like this does not need to happen again otherwise blank okay or i need alone time to recharge that's it right because we talked about that emotional 
right? That energetic. And sometimes I, I look, bitch, I just need to recharge. I back up. Okay, don't say it like that, but you get what I'm saying. Okay. This approach helps others understand your perspective and um and your needs while promoting a constructive dialogue. And um when we when we put ourselves first, like with these I statements, right? Um th- there's no need of explanation after. I need some time alone to recharge. Right? If somebody respects and understands your... This is also how you... I'm so sorry I dropped y'all. This is also... Let me put y'all on. ASMR. ASMR. This is also how we understand or know if somebody respects our boundaries or not. If somebody's like, okay. Right? Or somebody's like, why do you need alone time? Who is respecting your boundary? Right? Like, bitch, I just told you I want to be alone and you're asking me why? Because I want to fucking be alone, bitch. Okay. (laughs) Example three. (laughs) Negotiating compromise. Boundaries are often... I have a catch-22 with this one. Let me read what I wrote, but I also have a catch-22 with it. And I'll tell you in a second. Boundaries often require finding a balance between your needs and the needs of others. Okay. So engaging in open and honest conversation to find mutually acceptable solutions. Uh, seek to understand to understand the other person's perspective while advocating for your boundaries. Find middle ground or alternatives that honor both parties. I, I feel like this is um, this one negotiating compromise. Um Yeah, I I feel like this is like it can it's like a select few. Like if, if this is something that you have to do to become comfortable with creating your boundaries, right? And I'm also thinking about like who I also created this for. Like a, a negotiation is something that can take place, right? It doesn't need to take place, but it can take place. Um my boundaries are not negotiable. That's just me. Could there be some things that I could potentially negotiate with if I ever become or am in that situation? I don't know. We'll have to see when we get there. Um, But I feel like this is very one-off, especially when we're talking about um, collaborating and having that respectful environment of boundary setting. Okay? I I thought I'd put that in there for the girls, the guys, and the theys. Topic six, boundaries and empowerment. (laughs) Yeah. Setting boundaries is an act of empowerment. And if you don't see it that way, then maybe that's why you're fucking terrible at setting boundaries and we're here talking about it. Okay. Um, Respectfully. There's no disrespect on that. That's all respect. Okay. You have to be able and willing to honor your needs and your values in order to empower yourself to further understand and value your self-worth. My God. Okay. Example one. 
stories and examples of positive transformation through boundary setting. Share personal or real life stories of individuals who have experienced empowerment through boundary setting. Highlight the positive changes that they've seen in their relationships, well-being, and personal growth. For instance, you could see somebody who has gained assertiveness by setting boundaries and maintaining boundaries, leading to better improved self-esteem and healthier connections with others. Okay? When we talk about, oh, example two, practical steps for embracing personal power through boundary setting. Okay. What, when we're talking about empowering ourselves, we know now how to identify the boundaries that we need to set, right? But now that, now that, I just had a whole brain fart. Now that we've identified <laughs> where the boundaries are lacking and where we need to reinforce them. Um, you have to be willing to practice the assertiveness. You have to be willing to practice the self-care um, with boundary setting as a tool of empowerment. Again, journaling, self-reflecting, right? Self-reflection, journaling, drawing, painting, running, dancing, right? Assess your boundaries and take actionable steps toward them to empower you. Okay. I only had two examples for there. I don't know. Um, okay. I'm going to read the closing as I wrote it. <laughs> From maintaining boundaries to exploring emotional aspects, effective communication and empowerment. We've covered a range of topics designed to support your journey toward healthier and more fulfilling relationships. Stay tuned on the next episode where we'll dive further into the world of boundaries. Remember, setting boundaries and maintaining boundaries is an ongoing process and we're here to support you every step of the way. <laughs> Okay, so this week we're going to be talking about the three magi. Are we at an hour and 13 minutes? Yes. Did I just have like a whole existential crisis and then said, fuck it? Yes. But, you know, y'all will listen, I hope, you know. <laughs> um, so we're going to be talking about the three magi in the tarot deck. And th these have been coming up a lot lately. A lot of people have been asking a lot of people. Um, and it's mainly the hermit. It's mainly the hermit that keeps coming up. And um, everybody has such a misunderstanding of the hermit. And he was coming up or they were coming up all last week. Right. And I'm like, OK, let me let me not be part of the problem because I literally sometimes will be like, that doesn't even fucking make sense. Who told you that? Where did you get that from? And then I'll complain about it and I won't do anything about it. And this is why I say, like, OK, I have to I have to be. I have to help with the problem by like at least educating and stop turning my nose up at it. So here we are. We're going to talk about the three magi again. Um, for those that don't have, um, 
a great understanding of the tarot deck and you just listen to me for my craziness and my astrology y'all know that i fucks with tarot heavy anyway um the tarot deck is made of 78 cards 22 of them are the major arcana major arcana major events people and places right and then we have the details in the minor arcana um however a lot of people don't fully understand the journey of the fool or the journey of each suit and um yes when it comes to the divinatory understanding people yes we remember the divinatory understanding and to be fair like i've been practicing for 11 years and for like the first two years i just tried to remember the meanings of the cards like i didn't you know i wasn't like out here reading the story of the fool reading the story of each card each card has a story and if you didn't know that well now you know okay so anyway thank you for coming to my ted talk um let's get into the magi so the term magi historically refers to a group of priests astrologers or wise men who practiced ancient forms of divination or occult arts Okay, so the term is often associated with the three wise men, the three kings who um, visited. It can also be associated, excuse me, with um, the three wise men or the three kings who visited baby Jesus in the Christian biblical narrative. In ancient times, the Magi were known for their knowledge and their understanding of astrology, astronomy and the occult practices. They often... Um, They were often consulted for their wisdom and guidance, particularly in matters of divination and interpretation of celestial signs. Obvi. Um, Today, the term magi sometimes is used more broadly to refer to individuals who study or practice magical shit and traditions including astrology and tarot readings and other forms of divination. The modern magi explore spirituality in metaphysical realm in the metaphysical realm giving guidance insight um or spiritual teachings based off of their practice or their beliefs okay it's important to note that the interpretation and understanding of the term magi varies depending on your cultural background your historical education and individual context okay so moving on um so by understanding the arcal pal significance of the magician the hierophant and the hermit which are the three magi um and their place in the fool's journey you're able to go deeper and gain a deeper appreciation when we're talking about the transformative journey um that the tarot cards symbolize and the potential when we're talking about personal growth and spiritual evolution that they do have to offer um they represent the fool's awakening to personal power, external guidance, and finding the inner illumination in self-discovery, okay? So we're gonna go in order, okay? I know the baby, oh. This, uh, y'all know I'm streaming live. Somebody literally was like, I just read in the comments, I knocked the baby out. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? 
<laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Not really. So, the magician is the first magi that appears in the tarot deck. And the, ma the magician represents the fool's initiation into their own power, potential, and creativity. Okay? It's the starting point of the fool's adventure where they begin to understand their ability to shape their reality. When we're talking about archipel significance, the magician represents the archetype of the empowered creator. Okay? It embodies the concept of personal power, manifestation, and the ability to transform thoughts into reality. The magician is the alchemical force that combines the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. To bring about change and creation. That's why we see all of the tools. The uni the universe. The magician has the tools. Right? The magician has the tools. This is why I say this so often. When we're talking about its importance in a tarot deck. Um, after the fool. It's, the it's technically the first card in the major arcana. Right? Because we want to see where the fool is going on its journey. The magician sets the stage for the fool's journey, and it signifies the fool's awakening to their innate potential and realization that they possess the tools necessary to shape their own destiny. The magician teaches the fool the power of focus, intention, and resourcefulness while also providing the understanding of the tools. <sighs> moving on the second magi that we see out of the three is the hierophant and the hierophant um, represents the fools seeking external guidance wisdom and spiritual teachings so this is why oftentimes we hear or we see in decks that the hierophant is the teacher because the Hierophant is going to help you expand your understanding and knowledge of the world. It's archipel significance. It embodies the spiritual guide, teacher, and mentor. It, rep it also does represent tradition, wisdom, the structured transmission of knowledge and spiritual practices. The Hierophant does also represent external authority um, and established beliefs um, and established belief systems that offer guidance and support, right? Because so when we're talking about y'all, my mouth is watering and I'm trying to keep it short because when we talk about external authority, right, we have to also think about where the Hierophant sits in the major arcana. The Hierophant is the sixth card. It sits, excuse me, it's the Hierophant is the sixth stage. It sits after the Emperor's authority, right? Because we know the Empress, the Empress is nurturing. Then we have the Emperor's authority. So after we see the Fool go through the Emperor's authority, right? Encountering the need for structure and stability and boundaries and exercising self-discipline, we then see him reach that third Magi, which is the Hierophant. Okay, y'all picking up what I'm putting down. 
Um, the Hierophant acts as a bridge between the earthly and the divine realms, and it serves as a reminder of the importance of tradition and the wisdom of those who came before. And that's why we often see the Hierophant symbolized as a teacher. The Hierophant holds the wisdom before. Did you know the Hierophant is 1111? The Hierophant, the Hierophant's, um, divine counterpart is the high priestess and we know that the high priestess holds all of the knowledge right okay um the hierophant teaches the fool to value excuse me the hierophant teaches the fool the value of seeking guidance and learning from others and integrating it with the collective wisdom as well as the wisdom learned prior to. Okay. Now this joker, the hi the hermit. And I don't know why they do my guy like this. I don't know why they do him like this. I don't know. Um the hermit is not about going in your shell okay so when people are like you need to go in hermit mode you need to go in your shell that is not what it means that's not what the hermit card means even if we look at the divinatory meaning of it does it hint toward it a little bit but if you read the story of the hermit you wouldn't be saying that i could get on a whole i could make a whole one hour podcast about the hermit card and how it is so oftenly misinterpreted the hermit represents the fool turning inward it's the period of introspection and self-reflection the fool since has the knowledge from those around them that they have already integrated from the hierophant the fool sees seeks answers and insight from within themselves Right? It's about going on a journey and a deep, a deep inner journey to find truth and wisdom and enlightenment. And this often takes place by stepping back to look at the big picture, to have these moments of introspection and self-discovery. It's not about removing yourself. Is it about solitude? Yes, but it's not about solidarity. Right? It's the keeper of knowledge the seeker of the inner truth the hermit is the wise sage right the wise sage sits and waits right and every card that you see almost every card i haven't seen every deck ever invented right in every deck that we see the hermit is always preparing for a journey the hermit is always preparing for a journey. Whether it's internal, introspective, or it's external, looking at the big picture and just being a fly on the wall. The hermit is in motion. Right? The hermit guides the fool on the inward journey of self-discovery. The hermit serves as a pivotal point in the fool's journey representing time of self-reflection and inner exploration it symbolizes the 
fool's need to withdraw from external distractions and seek the answers within themselves. Okay? The hermit teaches the fool the value of introspection and solitude and illumination that comes from finding wisdom within. Right? This is like when we have to do, like, this is, this, like, when I see somebody that has, like, in a spread, if I, if you pull that hermit card and that eight of swords, I'm like, you need to go get a flashlight because your ass is about to be doing some of that shadow. You're going to be working with them shadows, babe. Okay. I had to calm down. You guys know I could go on and on, especially when we start getting into the history and the understanding of the tarot deck because you know that is my jam um don't forget one of the also when we're talking about the hermit and just to bring up the hermit because you know that's the one that sparked all of this right one of the challenges when we talk about the hermit is that the fool is confronted by loneliness or confronts loneliness right the need for self-reflection and the pursuit of inner wisdom amidst external distractions, right? So this is why we're like, okay, like we're not going in our shell. We're stepping back because we can't be distracted, right? Oh, you guys know I couldn't do this without you and I wouldn't want to. Thank you so much for spending those extra moments with me. And I hope that this was a help to you. Um, next week, we'll continue to dig into boundaries before we prepare for august and august is going to be amazing but next week um as i said we're gonna dive a little bit deeper when we're talking about boundary setting and um what it looks like more when they are crossed okay um head over to witchbitchroad.com the link will be in the description box uh where you can see everything that i have to offer um private sessions are available um you guys keep sending me these emails i haven't got i've gotten a few juicy ones but i didn't decide to read them a lot of you guys were replying to the email that was sent in the past episode my um first hate email but keep on sending me those emails i love them you can email me kristen at witchbitchtarot.com that's kristen k-r-i-s-t-i-n at witchbitchtarot.com arroba not at arroba the at symbol bitch anyway ah uh, i couldn't do this with you without you and i wouldn't want to as you know hoes will be hoes bitches will be bitches but you never really know when it comes to witches which bitch is which and no 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 i do not sell out so stop fucking asking bitch ah.